new Leprechaun movie is in the works, and I have the perfect actor, Donald Trump, on this week's Another Digital Citizen. <laughs> Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hello, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of Another Digital Citizen. I am Fro, and with me I have Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. How's it going? It's going pukingly fantastic. How about you? I'm all right, I guess. A little crazy mm-hmm. week, uh, a little bit stressful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit stressful. Sounds like a week that you had. I had a totally normal week. <laughs> yeah, one, one of my uh, cats kind of decided to uh, do a disappearing act for, uh, I don't know, a little over 24 hours. So that was super stressful. Mm-hmm. Like just worrying and then you know anxiety the anxiety of it all but it all worked out well she's fine and t- I, mm-hmm. I don't know where where she you, it's one of those situations where you're like i wish you could talk so you could tell me where the hell right. you were cat <laughs> yeah yeah just 99 shows left so that's something it's i thought we were going to a thousand isn't that what we said last time <laughs> oh I, th- I think we said 500 oh okay yeah wow well, 499 shows left then. All right. Yeah, that that seems right. <laughs> I, I, will, I will definitely re- remember that next week and say 498 <laughs> because I'm so very good at memory, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. That uh, is exactly how it's going to be. Uh, well, I have no idea how long, how long we'll go, but we'll yeah. see. Till we get tired of it. How about that? I mean, last week was a bit stressful to get everything together for the tournament, uh, but Ugh. this week was a little yeah. more stressful than that, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, that wasn't really the podcast's fault, so I blame your cat. No, no. There was other things, like, just work-related and things like that that were stressful yeah. this week as well on top of that, so, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, not anything fun to talk about, though. <laughs> Something. But what is fun to t- talk about? That was what I was going to use yeah. as a transition. Oh. <laughs> is that you have a soda? We sometimes do soda reviews on this podcast. Only uh, when something and, new yeah. and interesting comes out, really. Like, right. Uh, when they have the Mountain Dew SA, which I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with soon, because it's usually like a summer thing, right? Like 4th of July type right. around. Yeah, 4th of July around there. We usually do that That's every what... year. But yeah. Dr. Pepper came out with their own summer drink, strawberries and cream, mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper. Yeah, that feels like a strange thing to say. Because when I think of Dr. Pepper, like strawberries and cream is not definitely what comes to mind. I can picture like a, you know, like a cream soda Dr. Pepper, just like a, like a, oh, yeah. a, a vanilla sure. Coke. But kind of, you know right. what I mean? But, but strawberry? That's the uh. weird part. Yeah. Yeah. It says in the website, uh, Dr. Pepper strawberry is a cream to ensemble our deliciousness, a refreshing strawberry flavor with a smooth, creamy finish that leaves your taste buds craving more. Okay. Mm. They have a zero okay. sugar version of it, but I couldn't find it. That's what I would have preferred, mm-hmm. but 
I got the full sugar version here. There's a little, well, not a lot of carbonation happening. Since you're thin as a cardboard, I don't, I don't think it hurts you to get some sugar. I don't think I'm that skinny, but sure. Um, <laughs> it smells like... You're more skinny than me. <laughs> it smells like... Teen spirit? A little bit like teen spirit. No, it smells like... Uh, <laughs> what are those... Uh, a Pez. It smells like strawberry Pez. I oh. think everybody knows what strawberry Pez smells like, right? Yeah. Yes. I love strawberry Pez. Oh, the more I smell it, the more it smells like medicine. Like like mm. strawberry-flavored cough syrup. All right, let's try this. Um, okay. That, that last smell did not make me excited for it. Um, no. Okay. Uh, I'm hearing some gulping. That Whoa, that uh, is very creamy. It feels like okay. artificial creaminess, like... Like the Dr. Pepper is on the bottom and it's just regular Dr. Pepper. And then there's this whole other flavor yeah. happening on top of it. Like they're not mixed. The two flavors or the three flavors, I should say, are not blending. They're all like separate in my mouth, if that makes sense. Hmm. So it's like oil and water. <laughs> well, let me get... Uh, if anybody else, uh, like has done that experience in school, they would understand the reference because they don't blend. It's a little bit like that. It's like the very yeah. first thing you get is that hardcore artificial strawberry flavor. And then mm -hmm. the creaminess is like that, that is on the tip of your tongue, the strawberry. And then the back of your throat mm. is like this creamy, um, like cream soda kind of flavor, like feeling slash flavor. And the last thing you mm -hmm. get all over the, the rest of your tongue is the Dr. Pepper flavor. It's very... Weird. An all-over mouth feel, I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like uh, it's not correctly uh, balanced. I don't know. It's very sweet. I mean, uh, well, this is the sh sugar flavor, so that goes without right. saying. The strawberry is a little overpowering of everything else. The more I drink it, the more I just taste the strawberry. Um, mm. It's not great. I don't like how artificial it is. Uh, I feel like maybe this tastes like a, a uh, like a strawberry, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, icy or like, uh, yeah, a strawberry icy that's mm -hmm. been melt melted down and then just kind of mixed with a Dr. Pepper. That's kind of what it tastes like. I don't, it's mm -hmm. not good. I would not recommend this. Mm -hmm. I would say if you are going to get one, maybe try the zero sugar and this is going to get like a three out of 10. It's super artificial. Ooh. So artificial that that's really what ruins it, which is hilarious. Cause, oh, wait, it does say, I was going to say, it says natural flavored, but it says naturally and artificially flavored. So. Okay. What is naturally about it? <laughs> I'm thinking. Uh, caramel flavor, natural. Uh, artificial ah. flavors is a bunch of things that I couldn't pronounce to you, so. And it probably starts with an E in the catalog. Because that's what every soda contains. Something with E. It's got phos phosphoric acid in it. And oh, sodium phosphate also. I think that's in every soda, mm -hmm. though. Sodium benzenate as a preservative. Okay. Benzenate sounds like something that your car could, a car could drive on. <laughs> 
It does kind of, or kind like, of. and maybe not, yeah. my, maybe not a regular automobile, but like a electric automobile, maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's not so, great. I'll keep drinking it. Maybe yeah. it'll grow on me. I'm not. I'm looking for a caffeine content. Oh, 68 milligrams. So pretty standard, okay. doc, Dr. Pepper. Standard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how's the carbonation? Uh, pretty much as much. If you heard me open it, it's very normal Dr. Pepper carbonation. I'd say even maybe slightly mm. lower, slightly lower than normal okay. Dr. Pepper. Okay. Do you think uh, Trump would like it? He only drinks Coke, right? Diet Coke. Oh yeah, diet. Oh, yeah, that's, that's all he sad. drinks because he's. Remember that old, the classic quote of him saying, "Uh, you never see a skinny person drinking Diet Coke," and then he only drinks right. Diet Coke. Yeah. Yes. That is true. You never see a skinny person drinking Diet Coke. I don't think that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, ten out of ten times. Look. It's it's like so. There's this stupid commercial. Uh, what once in a very like blue moon, I I sometimes like watch Norwegian uh, television, uh, especially if there's a TV show called Traitor on Norwegian TV two. Uh, that's like my my only like uh, TV show that I watch. And it's commercial uh, based uh, channel. I usually don't like oh, like I have it on my uh, box because I have a TV box that has uh, like built in hard hard space. So I, I fast forward through the commercials. I never watch it like directly, but I usually watch it the day after. Anyway, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. Okay, whatsoever. yeah. I was like, I don't know where uh, he's but, going with this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think he may have lost the plot, but... I lost totally the fucking plot. <laughs> I was like, this story is turning uh, on to be a little longer than I was assuming. But yeah, uh, there they have this... Uh, uh, um, uh, fuck. Uh, um, tooth, to toothpaste... And it says that it's recommended by nine out of ten dentists recommend this uh, tooth uh, toothpaste, and I always go like, "Who's the last dentist that doesn't approve it? And why isn't he approving this? <laughs> like, what what is that one dentist seeing that the nine others aren't?" <laughs> I think that's a classic. It's not like classic bit. I've yeah. heard that many times. I. I don't. I have no idea, but yeah, I'm assuming it's like a liability thing, so that you can't sue them yeah. for miss for false advertising in case you can go mm -hmm. out there and find one, and then be like, "Hey, look, okay. I found one," and then sue them. That's my guess is why they yeah. do that. Yeah, that is so fucking stupid, though. It's like, okay, what is it about that last dentist? Anyway, uh, Trump. It's like the ninety-eight percent spotless uh, dishwasher like yes. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just in case you find a spot so on your dishes, you can't sue them anymore because it says ninety-eight percent. Sun? Is that called sun in 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 America as well? We have that in in Norway. Oh, is that a brand name? No, no we yeah. have we have a lot of. It's America. We have too many brands uh, of oh, yeah, dishwashing liquid. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that into the indictment of Donald Trump. I... That was what. That was it. Oh, I know. I know how. I, I know how. He's he's smooth as as soap. 
Um, not anymore, because the indictment charging no. Trump with mishandling classified documents has been unsealed after he was indicted for the second time. Uh, Donald Trump twice disclosed national security information in separate incidents in 2022 and took steps to retain these documents uh, that he knew he could not keep. Um, this is according to a sprung 37-count indictment. So that's more than we thought. Even going into last week, mm-hmm. there, there was rumors of seven counts. This is 30 more mm-hmm. than we, we kind of thought was going to happen. Uh, Special Counsel Drax Smith, who was leading a Mar-a-Lago documents case, said in a brief Friday that a speedy trial against Trump, adding that it was consistent with public interest. However, Smith did not exactly say when the trial may be possible. Um, I would expect not until sometime in the beginning, middle of next year. Next day, yeah. Yeah. And that fits perfectly in, because, I, I mean, wh- what do we not want next year? Well, let's guess. Hmm. Someone that can be a president and also go to jail at the same time. That would be fun. It can happen. That's the thing we talked about earlier. Like, the, I don't know. The, when the forefathers of America wrote down uh, how, who and how to become president, one of the things they didn't think about writing down was... Oh, you can't be in jail currently to be president. That's just not in the rules. <laughs> so you could literally be in jail and be president. Uh, and, I mean, believe it or not, he's up in the polls. All the his opponents on the Republican mm-hmm. side, because of this, are down in the polls. And they're not only down in the polls. Uh, what's his name? DeSantis. He was supposed to get a boost last week from announcing his run. Yeah. Never got a boost, and that's completely gone now because of this whole Trump thing is just taking over the news cycle. Nobody's talking about Ron Mm. DeSantis at all anymore or any of the other people going against Trump. They're just talking about Trump, which is increasing Trump's Mm -hmm. polling numbers, which means this actually helped him politically, (laughs) at least in in the short term. Yeah, let's see how many times we can say his name during this podcast. Uh, Let's see if we can break our record. Uh, uh, Who? I, I'm aiming for like 6,000 times. That's that's what I'm thinking. Who are we talking about? <laughs> Trump. Like, I, I want to talk about him a lot. Well, we've talked about him a lot over the course of this podcast. I mean, it's kind of <laughs> just out of when we started it in 2015. And then he, like, oh. we started it and then he became like every news story ever for the last, whatever, mm. seven years. I don't. I think there's been very few weeks where we didn't talk about him in some form or fashion, in seven years. Yeah, that's. Uh, I read a conspiracy this week. Uh, we don't have it in the news, but uh, Bojo had to. Well, he didn't have have to, but he resigned uh, from the parliament this week because of the scandals and things like that. Uh, Do you know that he was born in New York? Who are we talking about? Bojo. You gotta tell people who that is. Uh, Boris Johnson. Yeah, nobody knows who that is. Uh, oh, I know. Right. Who that is. Yeah. Yes. What was the conspiracy? Did you know he was... Did you know that he was born in New York? Uh, no. I don't really... I, I, no. Well, the conspiracy is that uh, now that he... Uh, had uh, ended his uh, his career in the uh, British Parliament. He would go over 
and be the new president of the United States and try to be your president. For what party? Because it can. For the Republicans. Well, that's that wouldn't... He doesn't hold a candle to Donald Trump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even if he was able to do that? Yeah. Yeah. He's able because, like, according to the rules, he... You just have to be born in America. No, you have to be a U.S. citizen. Oh, you have to... Oh, maybe he has, he has a dual citizenship then. There was the whole thing that, like, um, what's his name? Uh, <coughs> yeah, you, it's called... Uh, there's a word for it, but there, there's... What's his name? Ted Cruz, I think. There was the big talk of he mm-hmm. could never be vice president... Uh, because he's not a oh, natural-born citizen. That's what it's called. Right. Right. Yeah, because he was born in Canada or something. Something like that. Yeah, it was something weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's some weird rules, but one of those rules is not uh, you ha- can't be in jail. But re- remember that. These are all really yeah. weird rules that, like, you could you could be president for this reason, or, I mean, can't be president for this reason, but one of those reasons mm-hmm. is not being indicted twice currently. <laughs> yeah. That's why uh, uh, still uh, uh, the Tiger King can actually be a presidential candidate and is. So, there's that. Uh, anyway, uh, tape recording shows uh, Trump uh, acknowledging that he kept classified document on Iran. I have watched this tape. It's pretty... It's pretty... Former President Donald Trump said on an audio recording in 2021 that he had taken classified intra- information f- with his with him to his Florida home after leaving the White House. Trump has heard on the audio recording saying, as described to ABC News, as the president, uh, there's a quote, as president, I could have declassified it, but now I can't. The recording first reported on Friday by CNN was made as part of an interview Trump gave for a book. The federal grand jury voted to indict Trump on at least seven federal charges on Thursday as part of the investigation. We just talked about that. According to a portion of the transcript of the call obtained by ABC, Trump is heard acknowledging that the document he claims to have is highly, quote-unquote, highly confidential and secret. Um, this is a quote, except it's like highly confidential secret. This one, this is secret information. Look, look at this. This was done by the military and then given to me, the transcript of the audio says obtained by ABC. Right. Uh, yeah. It says here, uh, well, with Millie, uh, let's see that. I'll show you an example. He said I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't that amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. Uh, this is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him, the transcript said. So he basically, this, yeah. he's directly admitting he has military documents. Not only military and documents. And also showing it! <laughs> Fucking uh, hell, what a moron. We looked at some, this was him, this was done by me, or this wasn't done by me, this was him. All sorts of stuff, pages long, wait a minute, let's see, I just found, isn't it, isn't this amazing? Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, he definitely is admitting to having these documents and knowing, knowing that they're not, that they are classified, admitting, knowing they're 
classified, admitting that he has them and he took them. Yep. Uh, yep. And that he was given to the. They were given to him by the military. Um, yeah, that's all super interesting. I think the thing that's being overlooked in this specific story and is being overshadowed by the Trump indictment is that the military wanted to attack Iran. <laughs> and nobody yeah. is like, wait a second, what about that? What about that little piece of information? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to overlook that little piece of information? Yeah. The, and the worst thing is that it was uh, a very open, like, it was a very open rumor during uh, the, the Trump administration uh, that they were thinking of attacking Iran. Like, we fucking talked about it on the podcast, so was a lot of rumors going on. So I find it very, very, very interesting. I mean, it definitely proves us right that we were correct in, the, in yeah. that thinking that. And this is probably all around the same time that the m Iranian military general was bombed in Saudi Arabia yeah. at that airport. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I would guess that these plans to go to war with Iran are, are not exactly shelved either during the Biden administration. Is, is, right. I guess my point. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. But uh, then it's maybe even more amusing that he pleads not guilty, because if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, <laughs> looks like a duck, do you know what I think it is? I think it's a duck. I mean, as if you were Trump's lawyer, how would you argue against him saying, I have, like, on tape saying, look, I have secrets. look at this classified document and holding it up and being like... This was given to me by a, a general of the military. Look at it. It says it right there. Uh, oh, my God. And there was man. another quote that uh, we didn't read, uh, uh, but it was with one of his aides. Who is The aide is currently mm -hmm. also uh, being charged with this uh, because he helped take the classified documents. Talking to his aide and, and, and basically saying... Uh, I could have declassified these if I was still president, but I'm not president anymore, so now we have a serious problem. Saying that to his mm -hmm. aide, basically acknowledging, like, everything that has been said, and also discounting the whole idea that was definitely floated for a while after the Mar-a-Lago mm -hmm. raid of him saying, oh, I, I as president just have to, like, think about declassifying or just... Mm -hmm. Uh, take them away from the White House and they instantly become declassified. Uh, these recordings show that he knew that that wasn't the case beforehand. Right. Yeah. So if you had to pick between Donald Trump and Julian Assange and one of them had to be in jail, who would you pick? Uh, I mean, I don't think Donald Trump's going to jail. I, I mean, maybe no. it's like, I don't think it's even naive <laughs> of me. I think it's mm, no uh, pessimistic, I guess, is the best word for it, that I just don't, mm. I don't see, I, like, he'll, he might get in trouble. I don't see him doing any actual oh, yeah. jail time. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, uh, I would, I would choose that, uh, Trump. Yeah, me too. It's so hard to pick between them. Oh, gosh. I'm pretending uh, that it's very, very hard for me to pick between someone that is my hero and someone uh, that isn't. Are you oh, pretending God, to be a so Hillary hard. supporter or something? What's happening right now? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you go with her. 
no, yeah, no. Uh, but uh, it's it's so sad because he's been in UK prison f for ever, and uh, he lost his US uh, extension challenge again. Uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully we will see that his appeal next week go through. But uh, I don't have very high hopes for this, to be honest. It says Assange is dangerously close to being extradited to the U.S. after losing his latest appeal. Uh, his lawyers say they will appeal again to the same court. Amid growing fears, he will spend the rest of his life in prison for publishing classified military and diplomatic documents. The three-page judgment handed down on Tuesday by the U.K. Court Justice Jonathan Swift rejected all eight grounds of Assange's appeal. Uh, but wife of Assange, Stella Assange, said her husband would make a re renewed application for appeal to the High Court next week. So, uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll go through next week, but we'll keep an eye on what's going to happen with it. This is def this I saw an article just today talking about how could the Trump case affect the Assange case in the sense that... Um, it has to do with espionage and uh, mishandling mm. of classified documents. Uh, would, uh, if Trump is, if, if Julian Assange is convicted, could that affect the Trump case and vice versa, I guess? Yeah. Mm. Because it's a, it's precedent in the court, if that makes sense. And also, uh, Donald Trump is president, so see what other president in the court. Press. Precedent? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh -huh. No, I guess yes. my point is, like, uh, as far as Julian Assange goes as a journalist, nobody has ever been, no journalist has ever been convicted of the Espionage Act. So if that were to happen, right. that could r change the way the Espionage Act charge against Trump is being viewed. Ooh, right. ooh I have a solution. Uh, look, why don't we make Julian Assange the president? And then he would be he would be clear clean clear and yes. free. Is that what you're saying? Yes. <clears throat> well, I don't know if that's true because then they're like the whole Biden document case that's currently still oh, yeah. going on. Oh yeah, that's true. Right. Well, but if he makes uh, if we make him the president, he could redeem himself. Like he could like uh, get give himself a uh, 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 clearance. I guess the difference between Trump and Biden and Assange, as far as document cases go, is they didn't admit it mm. to multiple people on tape, <laughs> and then yeah. also refuse to give anything back when they were asked to. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the country that is most known for their tree shoes and uh, windmills and tulips. Yeah, that's. That's the three things I think of when and tip I say in the Netherlands. In the tulips, tip maybe? Tiptoeing. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, because Dutch uh, intelligence uh, has uh, tipped uh, the CIA on alleged Ukraine plan to attack the Nord Stream. It would be really hard to tiptoe in clogs. Like, because they have such big... Yes. The round end? You would, like, roll over your ankle really bad. Um, and I don't think it would be that comfortable. <laughs> I feel like that could be, like, a, a Guinness World Record. The farthest traveled on tiptoes oh, yeah. and clogs, though. 
Oh my god. That would be That's brutal. Like, can you imagine <laughs> your, your your toes after that? And like, the, oh, your like, calves would burn like so bad. Oh my god. Oh. It'd have to be somebody Anyways. serious calves. Um like a ballerina <laughs> maybe. Cavs McGee. Cavs McGee. Yeah. A ballerina you know, could do Cavs it. Cavs McGee. Uh yeah. a Dutch intelligence agency tipped off the CIA about the Ukrainian plan in June 2022 to blow up the Nord Stream pipeline. The Dutch national mm -hmm. broadcaster NOS reported on Tuesday. The report was compiled with the help of leading German media outlets. Uh, they did not identify... Uh, the Germans did not identify its sources. The Dutch military intelligence said that MIVD had warned the CIA of the existence of such a plan, leading to the warning of Washington to, to Kiev not to attack the pipeline. Uh, unexplained... Oh, right. Uh, let's see. Washington and NATO called the incident an attack of sabotage, uh, and the MIVD could not be immediately reached for comment. So, it seems like mm -hmm. uh, this Dutch report is coming from German uh, media outlets, who are more than likely right. getting it from uh, mili uh, German military intelligence. Right. Mm -hmm. Or well, there's also the thing that the Germans are investigating this, so it could be coming out of the German investigation. But there's definitely a leak that we're finding out about this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think this case is interesting. I think it's very like, uh, I think it kind of proves what we have. Well, what you have said for a long time that Ukraine is behind a lot of things that we are seeing in the media that is very, like, against uh, I think it, Russia. I think it also s says something that you said recently, is, like, we can't really believe what anybody says, especially initially. Right. No matter, U.S., uh, Russian, Ukrainian, uh, Belarusian, we can't believe e Turkey, any right. of these countries, uh, probably Norway. Norway. Yeah, we can't yeah. believe anything they're saying about this situation because they all have a vested interest to lie. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least stretch the truth long enough that it uh, goes out of the news cycle and people stop paying attention, right? Um, mm -hmm. But this also, this report, if we look at it, it goes against the reporting of Seymour Hirsch, who said it was Norway and the U.S. If this is true, mm. uh, what, that's, what it says is that... It doesn't say that Seymour Hirsch was wrong but more that maybe he knew of a, uh, another plot to do the same thing and that right. could have, it could have been the one or could have never gone through uh, for whatever reason. And then the Ukrainian one took its place, right? That's what I'm right. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know, but it, yeah, yeah it, I think this is super interesting and it's uh, definitely something I want to keep an eye on. It's uh, the, it's this. such a puzzle. And the pieces are yeah. there. We just have to figure out how to put them together correctly. That's how I feel about this. Mm. It's like a it's like a little mystery, and I know all there's pieces, and you just got to figure out how to put them together correctly. And I feel like we mm. almost have all the pieces. Uh, we're really close. We're just not quite there yet. Hey, do you want an obscure reference in the transition to the next uh, thing we will talk about? Sure. Uh, I thought maybe Bess Lerman was uh, Australian, but uh, I guess he's from the Netherlands. I didn't know where he was from. 
Mm -hmm. But the Netherlands is going to provide free sun cream to tackle skin cancer levels. Uh, citizens of Netherlands have been offered free sun protection this summer in an effort to tackle uh, record levels of skin cancer in the country. The dispensaries will be made available this summer in schools and university at festivals, parks, sports events, and public spaces across the entire country, according to the government. It said it wanted to enable everyone to have access to sun protection and not be inconvenienced by factors such as inconvenienced by factors such as cost or inconvenience. What kind of writing is this? <laughs> what kind of guardian is that? <laughs> inconvenience <laughs> by inconvenience. <laughs> what a dumb. <laughs> that sounds like a title for this show. <laughs> but I mean, cost. I understand. Like, I work outdoors yes. and I buy. Sun we call it sunscreen here. You guys call it. Do you right. call it? I don't know. You probably call it something in Norwegian. But um, right. <laughs> so it is cream. We call mm -hmm. it screen. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know why we call it screen. Yeah. But, uh, it's expensive here. It's like 10 bucks a bottle we, oh, for like a small it's bottle. So fucking expensive. Yeah. So if I, if you could get it for free, I, I have, I wouldn't be surprised if, um, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but a small, a good portion of people only don't use it because they can't they don't want to spend the uh, extra few bucks you know what i mean mm. um which over time if you're gonna have to get skin cancer removed is probably worth the cost right but i don't think people most yeah. people look at it this that way and i also think it's like a generational thing older people didn't grow up with like the warnings that we grew up with right so i think Right. I mean, we got it pushed down on our throats. <laughs> and I, but I think that's also because, like, the the knowledge of, like, how bad the sun can be for you also has, like, increased. Like, people found out over time, like, oh my gosh, this is actually really bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, my mom grew up in... She grew up in Hawaii and then Florida her whole childhood. And, uh... Mm -hmm. Back then, they didn't use sunscreen at all. They didn't even know what that was, barely. Like, people would put on Crisco to try to get a better tan, but they're basically just cooking themselves like a chicken or like a turkey, you know what I mean? Um, so now I think it's changed. I think uh, this is good. It seems like... I wonder how many people will actually take advantage of it, though. That's my question. Yeah, if I could only uh, give you one tip for the future, uh, sunscreen would be it. A long-term benefits of sunscreen has uh, been uh, proved by scientists. That's uh, <laughs> from the lyrics of what? Of of the best Lerman song. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. The director, the director of, of Moulin Rouge made a song in the 90s. Uh, well, um, do you think that uh, it's a universal truth that everybody should wear sunscreen? I'm sure there's certain people that are fine without it, but, you know, I think everybody should be, be careful with it. Or at least, like, stay out of the sun if you can. Yeah. Hmm. So you don't think that it's my truth and you truth, but a universal truth? I would say it's pretty universal, yeah. This is Tron, but Tron tells the truth. The rich people 
don't give a shit. I've been talking about this before, but Elon Musk now is one of the richest people in the world. How he got there and how much it deserves it, I'm not going to talk about. That guy I'm talk when you are the richest people, man, in the world and can do something for positive change and you don't do it. You're not part of the solution. Not at all. But why do these people keep on holding on? Because they want power. They don't, they always brag now like, you can do this too, and you can be that, and you can be that. No, you can't. In many, many despotic movies from the 60s and 70s, we were seeing a future with big corporations, multinational companies who, who run everything. We are there now. We are there now. Few, more and more money are controlled by fewer and fewer people. Most of you is never going to get rich. People on the top need slaves. And you're blaming the state for taking the money they are taking and stealing from you. They are never going to give you anything. Most people don't have small businesses and never going to have. Mitt Romney said once when he was doing an election campaign, he was swinging his golf club that outside a big country mansion. He says like, Obama don't want anybody to have this. I want everybody to have this. That is a delusion too many conservatives believe because none of you ever gonna have it. Nobody on the top want to share with you. In Star Trek, we have like the, the strange future where everybody has what they need. No hunger. No pain. Of course, humankind or humankind is always going to exist problems. But if people don't, if there's not a society there where, where people are bored or don't want to do things better just because they are nearly starving. Yes, but that's what conservatives believe, make you believe. If you're not starving and have to go to suffering and pain, you're not motivated to create better. That's the biggest fucking lie of them all. I just want a good life. I want to do art. I want to do politics. I want to do things that benefit myself and other people. That is what I want to do. So, what I'm accused for? Yes, to not have ambitions. Isn't that ambition enough? Do you have an ambition when you're take so much money and let other people suffer, that's going to make the world better. The people on the top always believe if they can do what they want, the rules for them also going to apply for you. They never do. Because people on the top don't want the rules to apply for everybody. They don't even want capitalism. They just want monopolism. They say they don't want socialism, but they want socialism for themselves. That is the fucking hard truth. Elon Musk is the most greedy son of a bitch in the whole fucking world. And not a lot of other people like him. They are stealing from you. They are torturing you. They are destroying the environment and they are doing nothing about it. Even though they have all tools to make things better. Because they need slaves. Modern capitalism needs slaves more than ever. You're slaving. When people ask me what I'm doing for a living, I say I'm a wage slaver. Because that's what I am. I don't like my job. I do it only for the fucking money. It, so, I can talk with this for the hours. 
But next time when people are complaining about people quietly quitting or don't want to apply to the job because they don't know what much they're going to earn, say hooray to them, not those greedy fucking boss on the top. Their truth is not your truth. This was Trump, and Trump tells the truth. Have a fucking nice evening. Tribunal of Justice, speaking of truth. N- not of justice, it was just called Tribunal Justice. Oh yeah, why did I say of? I didn't even write down of on my sheet and I still added it in there. <laughs> I guess it just like... sounds more right than Tribunal Justice. It does, it does. I totally agree, it should have been called Tribunal of Justice. Huh, yeah. That makes so, so much fucking more sense. And this is another just judge show, right? Judge Judy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Judge Steve Harvey was like maybe the most recent judge show we both saw, right? Mm-hmm. That was nothing like yeah, this. And this is actually, yeah, it's actually made by Judge uh, Judy. What, she directs it or she produces it? Pro- she probably produces uh, it. I think it produces it, yeah. It feels very Judge Judy. Even the set design looks Judge Judy. Like the um, it's the same. It, it's the same um, uh, bailiff uh, of just. Uh, oh, is it? Uh, okay. In, well, I mean, yeah. I would. I mean, that's a very small detail that I guess some fans might notice, but like so <laughs> tiny. Like of, me, <laughs> right? Um, I don't really like judge shows to begin with. The twist to this one right. is there's three judges that get to decide the case together instead of just one judge. Uh, mm-hmm. You would think they would do something fun with that and make it like interesting. Nope. Have it like, but no, it's just basic bland court show. Except, I guess they do go, which they don't do in any other court shows. Where they mm-hmm. go to the back and you get to hear the three judges talk about it um, away from the courtroom. Something that is kind of funny uh, because they totally agree with each other. Like Every time. Yeah. Or at least in the first two episodes. <laughs> and also the first yeah. episode. Why did they make so the first cute. episode the first episode of this series Yeah, when the ending yeah, of it, too. there's no judgment? Like, I know. how could you start your first episode with the least exciting way a trial could end? <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, no, they didn't it, want anybody so else to watch stupid. any more episodes. After that, I was like, why am I continuing to watch this? But I guess I'll see another episode. Yeah. Uh, I also thought that the judges would all be talking kind of at the same time. And so you would maybe mm. get a little excitement where one judge would interrupt another nope. judge to, like, um, tell a tell the person off for saying something to the third judge kind of thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like one judge defending the other judge. That would make it kind of an interesting back and forth. No, it's like they take turns. One goes and then the next one goes yeah. and then the next one goes. Very bland, very boring. The whole thing was kind of a disaster. I don't know. You like these shows more than me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I love Judge Judy. Like I watch every fucking single episode. Um... I, I think I, I, I kind of agree that uh, the whole thing. Is, I think uh, the whole thing is a better concept than ex- execution. I think like if they kind of like disagreed with each other uh, a little bit more, uh, like you said, the two first fucking cases, like they agreed with each other and there wasn't like any like heated discussion or anything. The only it's time like, they like, even really discuss with each other at all is when they go to the back. Not when they're yeah. in the courtroom, yeah. Mm. Uh, but I, I, th- I think the concept is better than the execution. I think 
me personally, I like Judge Judy better because it's more, uh, it's more, uh, it feels it feels a little less fake than this. <laughs> okay, I mean, they're all to a degree I, fake. I remember us looking it up and finding out that uh, right. it's not an actual courtroom, like it's not legal, right. but they sign a document saying that whatever happens in this fake courtroom will be legally binding. Mm. Uh, right, so, yeah, whatever that means. I I think the uh, thing about this show is, like, oh, judge shows are really based on the judge themselves being entertaining because the yes. court case changes yes. every episode. Judge Judy is very fiery. She's very mm. uh, witty sometimes. Like you, th That's a dynamic the judge has to add to make it an entertaining show. Okay. None of these... These yeah. judges are all like the most bland people very ever. Very bland. Yeah, so <laughs> that really hinders it. But, uh, you know, I am going to give it a 3.5. I'm going to be nice. I gave it a 2. I don't think it's so bad that it's, like, terrible, terrible, because there's no, like, glaring errors as far as, like, audio issues or, so, like, editing problems, but it's got nothing redeeming for me. Um, so, yeah, last... Can I just talk two seconds about Tidal? I don't know. Have you seen episode two of Tidal? I watched the first half of it. <laughs> I didn't get through the first... Uh, the it, second half of it yet. It was so fucking hard to watch it without it. Uh, I think... I think it just proved how fucking boring that show is. And I I literally turned it off half, uh, a little under halfway through, and I have absolutely no problem in saying that I'm not going to finish two episodes of that show. Absolutely no problem. I might put it on in the background at some point, but I just, just nothing happening. Like, uh, this guy is super shady, so I guess he's going to... like. He's going to be the bad guy, right? Is that what we've get, yeah. gotten in the oh, second yeah. episode? Because we never really got a bad guy in episode one, like a a person right. who's going to be our uh, uh, antagonist to her, to our main character. Um, but now I guess that he's going to be the bad guy? I, I don't know. It's just... It took him an episode and a half... An, episode and a half and these are hour-long episodes to get to the point where we yeah. maybe he's the bad guy like that's not how a show should be <laughs> right oh it was probably the thing that i had uh, the hardest uh, watching this week uh what wasn't that hard well oh, i was gonna say i haven't finished that episode but i know what happens because a couple of people have covered it uh on youtube so okay. critical okay. did a video on it yesterday uh and then D'Angelo Wallace. Yeah. To watch that. <laughs> I have no interest whatsoever. Okay. Uh, but what? What wasn't that boring? But pretty good and a little surprisingly good. Uh, was a show on Apple TV Plus that I had never heard of before. This week it's called uh, Platonic. It is with uh, Seth Rogen and Rose Byrne. Have you heard about this show? Oh, What's so is it? it like a older show? And you no, just it came out this week. Oh, okay. Uh, when you said I hadn't heard about yeah. it until this week, it sounded like it was uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, not well. No, I don't think so. Maybe I did, and I don't remember yeah. it. I know there was like an app, Apple TV show coming out this week, but I don't remember what it was about. Yeah, I will talk about it a little bit later, actually. Um, but yeah, I was uh, there and I, uh, I watched this. Very, very funny. 
very uh, interesting about like uh, having platonic uh, friendships and they are kind of like uh, they met in their youth and they reconnect as adults and they try to uh, mend like the drift that kind of like uh, got them away from each other and uh, it's it's about like how friendship can become very like consuming and trying to find out if they are only friends and maybe they are more than friends or maybe they should keep things like this show is called platonic oh okay uh, i'm yeah, seeing it came I'm... out in may so yeah yeah it makes yeah. sense all right uh, very interesting very uh, one of the better like comedy shows in quite a while. I will give it a seven and a half. Uh, let's see. Something you recommended to me. Burden of Proof. Uh, do mm -hmm. Documentary, I guess. It's uh, created by a guy whose sister died in 2006. Is that... Or the... Mm -hmm. No, she died earlier than that. And then the investigation started again in 2006, right? That's what happened. Because mm -hmm. they had lost the case file for this thing. Um... And it's his kind of quest to try to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. It felt like it was definitely missing something as far as, like, the uh, interesting factor. Like, it's a pretty normal girl-goes-missing story. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. Other than um, the connection between uh, the documentarian and the case. Oh no! I meant just like the case itself is pretty un. un it, oh, yeah, there's nothing the, like the case itself salacious about it. There's no like yeah. sexual stuff. There's no like uh, torture, or, and it's like pretty just normal, innocuous girl goes missing kind of story. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The documentary though, it's put together kind of like there's a lot of stock footage. Um, a lot of mm -hmm. pretty normal interview stuff. It's shot really well. I like the on the field kind of stuff he does, like where he shows up at his old house and the old guy's like, what the hell are you guys doing with a camera crew in my front yard? <laughs> that was pretty, mm -hmm. like, uh, he didn't call ahead of time. He was just like, I'm going to just go do this. That kind of gorilla feel. I like that about it. Uh, other, other than that, it's pretty standard, like, cr uh, true crime documentary. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I also, uh, I liked it because of, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a connection made in, in the show that is kind of like, you get, oh, so what is this show really about? Uh, but uh, yeah, I I thought it was okay. I, I gave it a six. I That's what I gave it too, so we're pretty on point there. I think it's just like the, it it doesn't really have any real, like, I guess because there's so many true crime shows now that are so salacious and so the stories are so crazy. This story is a little mm. less crazy. Uh, and the way it's put together is not super interesting. Documentary-wise, it's pretty normal. I totally agree. Uh, yeah, let's talk about that other Apple uh, thing that came out this, this a week. It was called... Sorry, I had it open like two seconds ago. <laughs> uh, the Crowded Room. Uh, it is uh, with Amanda Seyfried and uh, Tom Holland, 
Tom Holland gave an interview this week where he's like, oh, this, this acting job fucking disturbed me into my soul. And I'm going to take a year off uh, being an actor because this role was the role that uh, totally like got me. So maybe I went into this thinking it would be fucking amazing because of Tom Holland. I like him in, in Spider-Man, but I was like, oh, so this is like the acting job. It is extremely boring and fucking atrociously long. Uh, it's the White Lotus, uh, if you've seen that, uh, just boring and long and long and very boring and boring and very long. Uh, I will give some credence to Amanda Seyfried. I, I always like her in like uh, uh, TV shows. She's like very, very good. I think my biggest problem is with Tom Holland. He kind of like looks like he's not interested in doing this show whatsoever. Something I find a little bit confusing since I read the interview with him where he's like, I gave my 260% of my acting skills into this role. So, <laughs> but uh, it's a boring mess uh, that I have absolutely no problem saying that I don't recommend and I'm two episodes and I'm out, but I did watch two episodes, so it's better than the idol. Uh, but then again, uh, putting Sandpiper directly into your eye and pushing is better than watching the idol. So uh, I am guessing I will give this three. Yeah, three stunts there. <coughs> okay, uh, sounds pretty bad. Hit and miss for Apple TV for you this week, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, Always Sunny. I think it's the last season. That's what I heard, at least. Yeah. Season 16. And I wouldn't say it's run its course, but it's definitely like, this is the time to end. I think we talked about this like a few weeks ago. It's like, sometimes mm. it's just time for the show to be over. And I it feels like that at this point. Like, I, I don't think it's gotten to the point where uh, people are going to look back at it and go, man, that last season was terrible. Well, at least hopefully. We've only no. seen two episodes, but... <laughs> um, I think it's just time to retire it so everybody remembers it in a fond way, for sure. I I think they hit their peak in, like, season six or seven, I think, around there, uh, and kind of, like, kept it up. I think the last season was really good. Like, see, like, season 15 was really good. Uh, I didn't really like them uh, going to, uh, uh, I was going to say Australia, Ireland, that much. I thought it was hmm. a little, like... Uh, TV show formulaic, but whatever. Yeah, I can see that. But I'm, uh, I, like you, I, 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 it felt a little like, it was funny, but also a little like tiresome, because it's kind of like, you know, the plot line, you know what's going to happen, but, uh, like, uh, uh, I think one of, like, the gags of, like, uh, Dennis and uh, and Frank like being in bed together for so many seasons and in this last season we find out uh, uh, He has an extra room. That's like extremely funny like I I, I laughed very much Especially since it's like They're, in the very last season yeah. you find it out. That's like kind yeah. of what makes it funny Yeah, exactly. They're, yes, they play with the idea of it being the last season pretty well 
but I think it's the characters that have kind of run their course. Like you can't really do mm. any more with these uh, individuals. They've got they've done so much already. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The first two episodes, though, I give a then seven point five eight somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah, I would give it to seven five point eight. Seven point five eight. Seven point five eight. Yeah, five eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most precise score we've ever given. Uh, the last thing I watched uh, was a Netflix thing because you know I love cars, look. And what I love more than cars is a reality show about cars. There's so lots of those. That, that is what I watched on Netflix this week. It is called Tex-Mex Motors. Um, so it's about like an auto body yeah. shop or something? So they get uh, cars from Mexico uh, to El Paso to give them like uh, uh, an upgrade. Oh. To send them that's back to Mexico or to sell them to people in America? To sell, to sell uh, yeah, they take like shit cars and make them into good cars. And then so it's like, and then they sell them in in Texas. Okay, right. Yeah, Uh, I think you will love this. You love car shows like this. Me personally, eh, I think it's one of the better like uh, reality show things about cars. I don't like cars. I don't especially like things like this. But uh, yeah, it's very cozy. It's very like. It's very funny, uh, some of it has very, like, yeah, uh, good characters, I would say. Uh, so, I'm actually going to surprise myself and give it a 5.5, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I didn't see anything else. Do you see anything else? No. So, the last thing we saw was episode one of Based on a True Story on Peacock. Mm-hmm. Uh Episode one is called The Great Amer- American Art Form. A married realtor and a former tennis star struggles to stay afloat as an infamous serial killer terrorizes Los Angeles. <coughs> yeah, this has got Kaylee Cuco, Cuoco, however you say her na- mm-hmm. last name. And what's his name? Ah, oh, geez, I forgot. Uh, yeah, and Tom, Tom Holland uh, is not, but the other Tom. Um, it's got somebody yeah. else in it. Uh, this first episode, there's a lot of character development in the first half of it, because you're meeting mm-hmm. her a- as a realtor, but she's also kind of... Uh, it seems like her life is definitely falling apart, because her husband... It seems like their relationship is kind of on the rocks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a tennis instructor now, uh, and he's not getting very good gigs, right? He's, they're not making enough money to pay the rent, basically. And so have very rich friends. Oh, and she's like a a true crime junkie. That's pretty important to the plot. Yeah. A spoiler alert for uh, first season, I guess, uh, for uh, for, uh, the first episode, I guess. Uh, But yeah, no, I thought this had a extremely shaky beginning. I uh, this episode is a little over four minutes long. It felt that they could have done the storyline build-up to what's going to happen at the end of the show in a little less of time. Uh, Still, I am extremely 
is satisfied with this first episode. I am enthralled of seeing what's going to go on uh, after this. And when they turned the humor on, they really turned it on. Because I laughed out loud at the end and it felt very up my alley. And I am super looking forward to seeing episode 2. Especially because of um, us finding out the the plumber is the serial killer and like uh, having him on the beach at the end uh, episode of and like saying hey we have a proposal for you we want to make a podcast about your life and what what's going on yeah yeah I just I there's a lot of questions at the end of episode one because it's like how do you they're clearly going to have to blackmail him in some way to keep him, like, at bay, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. And the only way to blackmail him is to be like, if you don't, we'll go to the police. But if they do say mm-hmm. that, then what keeps him from killing them? So there's, like, mm-hmm. there's got to be some kind of... Uh, the deal. We don't know what the deal is yet at the end of episode one, so that's going to be super interesting to find out how, how that all goes down because right now I can't come up with like a, a way it all works out. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But I guess there I could agree. be some funny comedic things of him like, Oh, I was about to kill you, but, uh, you caught me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I can see some comedy bits in future episodes with that. So yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. Uh, I am going to give this first episode, uh, a seven. Uh, yeah, I would go with six. Um, some of the acting is not super great, and it's like a feels a little network TV, right? Don't you think? Mm. A little bit. A little, yeah. I mean, it is Peacock, so it's eight or it's NBC. I mean, so it's Mm. a little. It just feels a little NBC. But other than that, uh, the storyline's fun. Uh, the comedy is actually decent. I was worried that it was yeah. going to be not funny at all, but it's pretty good. And I was also very worried if it was going to be like only murders in the building, because I don't like that show and Luke doesn't like that show. So, but uh, it was—it's well, got a similar kind of plotline, but the vibe is completely different. It's way—it's. Yeah. I would say that's made for an older audience. This is made for a younger audience. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Let's uh, move on to some uh, news. Look, Gotham Knights camp canceled at CW. Uh, uh, it, it will not. One of the worst shows of this year is getting canceled. I'm so sad. And they're not going to fight for a second season. The bad news comes as CW announces not one but two renewals of Superman and Lois and All American Homecoming, albeit abbreviated seasons ten and thirteen respectively. Uh, this is not coming back for a second season, right? Yeah, so... No. Yeah. It's one of the worst shows of the year, so I'm... I'm happy. Yeah, I didn't watch it, because it's a superhero show. So I'm glad it. I didn't. <laughs> what? You have something against superhero shows? I didn't know that. Especially a CW superhero shows? Those are some of the worst <laughs> superhero shows. Or the C- I mean, I, and you know, we don't have anything against CW. They do some good stuff. No. But their superhero shows are the bottom of the barrel superhero shows. 
I have to admit, I have never seen a single episode of The Flash, and I know it's like ending there soon. I mean, I know people like Smallville, but I remember just thinking it was the worst, even that far back, you know. Okay, do you want to talk two seconds about Small Will? I love Small Will. I know, so that's what I, I said. People love it. Yeah. It's just, even yeah. that, that's how far back I remember being like, wow, CW superhero shows are bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, gosh. I love that show. Zero uh, Day, uh, uh, a Netflix series. Why are we talking about that? Uh, starring an executive produced by Robert De Niro has become the latest project to be impacted by the writer strike, the WGA stoppage on its 38th day, uh, and a potential SAG-AFTRA strike on the horizon as well. The cast and crew of Zero Day were sent home yesterday. When was this? Uh, last, Early last week, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Given the fluid situation with the writers on the picket line, while SAG-AFTRA is... Negotiating with APTP, there is no set return date. We hear uh, September is being a possibility as being floated, so. Yeah. <laughs> this is just another writer's I mean, strike thing. I think that's kind of sad. I would like to see... I, I, I want to say see everything he's in, to be, to be fair. So it's kind of like a little bit sad. Uh, I, I feel worse for like the people. Uh, there's so many jobs that are like, oh, we, mm. I got a job. I, I'm set for this amount of time. I'm, you know, at least this many shows. I'm, and then all of a sudden your job is just gone. You know what I mean? I think mm. he's doing fine monetarily. He doesn't have to worry about it. I think the right. the camera guy or the lighting crew, those are the people I feel worse for. <laughs> So, talking about TV shows, ABC uh, passes on four pilots, while they also uh, make uh, more spin-offs of The Good Doctor, A Terrible Show, Rookie, <laughs> A Terrible Show. <laughs> Disney back broadcasters pass on dramas The Hurt Unit and Judgment, as well as comedies Keeping It Together and Public Defenders. This is according to The Hollywood Reporter. Of four dramas and two comedy pilots, ABC's developed this season. Only the Good Doctor spinoff, The Good Lawyer, remains, and and contentious Caitlin Olson's Caitlin Olson's high potential was previously ordered as a series. So that one's still mm-hmm. in. They're like, we're not sure if it's gonna stay or not. Uh, yeah, this is all because of the writer strike as well. Obviously, right. this is all writer strikes uh, news. But reps for ABC declined to comment about this, so we're not really sure why, but I I would say it's definitely the writer's strike. Yeah, and uh, that's why I think this strike, and I will say it again, I think it will be over a year, the last time it was, so um, I definitely think it will be. I, I saw... Uh, uh, we're not going to talk about it, but I love the, the TV show uh, Silo, and I saw that Apple TV uh, renewed it for a second season. I am very, very happy about that. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, other things about streaming. Uh, Netflix password sh- uh, sharing crackdown is working, according to them, because guess what? Their subscribers increase. Uh, the crackdown sh- 
uh, password sharing crackdown has largely worked in their favor until recently the platform allowed users of different households to create platforms on other people's accounts. However, in May, they implemented a system limiting the devices connected to certain accounts in single households, preventing password sharing across multiple Wi-Fi and IP uh, addresses. Okay. So they're like IP identifying instead of just going off of, you know, different email addresses, which I guess makes sense. <laughs> and it's, I, I guess th- what this says, since it, it, they say at least they're increasing in subscribers, is that it's working in the sense that people who were just dealing or using the password of whatever, their relative or their ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. or ex-girlfriend or whatever, or their neighbor... Um, those people didn't just leave. They were like, well, I still want to watch Netflix, right? Mm. So that's pretty good sign that Netflix is, is like, uh, relevant still as far as, like, people still want to go there and see their shows, even though there's so many other streaming services they could be picking from, right? I think being the OG of, of streaming and uh, kind of having that in their bag has helped them a lot even though they have gotten competitors during this period i think being the og helped them a lot i mean i started netflix when they sent me uh a dvd to the post so yeah me too actually yeah yeah well before they had a streaming service even yeah. yeah So I think brand loyalty has a lot to do with it as lo- as well, uh, I, and I don't think like their reputation is that scarred that people will have it to be. Uh, yeah, when it comes to the to the st- strike, like I I have read a lot of like people being worried for like the rest of twenty twenty three and like TV shows. Don't be like everything that that it. Uh, is going out this year is going out this year be worried about 2024 <laughs> because then it's starting to <laughs> you don't feel the strike now <laughs> okay i'm seeing rumors that remember how we talked about big brother canada scrapped live feeds uh mm-hmm. This is according to Screen Rant, but they're saying there's rumors that US could do the same. Now that it will it's yeah, been released that the the air date will be August 2nd um mm-hmm. for the new season, which is later than I think we thought it was going to be. I think we had said end of July. Yeah. <coughs> I thought end of July, yeah. Uh which isn't that big of a difference, maybe like a week or two. But if them getting rid of live feeds would be pretty massive. Yeah. I think that is huge, uh, and I don't like it. <laughs> it kind of gets rid of the purpose of like, or the idea of Big Brother, yeah. right? Like the idea of yeah. Big Brother is you can just watch uh, the like the live feeds is Big Brother, like the concept, right? Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah, I don't understand why. Well, kind of. I know why. Because it's because of, of the, all the controversy. Because the racism. Yeah. Every time it's a controversy, it's somebody said something they shouldn't have on a live stream, and somebody caught it and recorded Wrong. it and put it on YouTube. Yeah. Hey, maybe you should read 1914 and see where the Big Brother concept comes comes from. Oh, 1984. Uh, but yeah, yeah, 1984. What did I say? 19. 19- 
14, I think, something like that. Oh, yeah. Do you know why, why that is? I had a, a Jehovah's Witness over today, and we were talking about 1914. Well, that's because random. That's when they, uh, they think uh, Jesus Christ came back in 1914. Oh. And talked yeah. to... What's his name? Uh, whatever his name no, is. No, that's that. That is Mormon Saint Joseph Smith. So no. Oh right. Oh yeah. You're talking about Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, you could probably find any of those books. Those people espouse uh, their beliefs from at audibletrial.com forward slash adc. That's audibletrial.com forward slash adc. Get a free trial and a free book or audio book specifically. Uh, and or any other kind of audio media uh, at audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. Movies! Wasn't that uh, amazingly beautiful? Uh, I have seen a movie or two, and so have you. What have you seen? I saw Flaming Hot on Hulu. Um, I think this okay. was... I, I think it might have been a Hulu movie. It was about the guy who okay. invented Flaming Hot Cheetos. It was all about cool. his life and how he invented it, why he invented it. Uh, kind of a true story, uh, you know, f but fictionalized. So it wasn't like a documentary. Mm -hmm. It was a, it, it was a comedy. It w had very funny comedic parts. I laughed quite a bit actually. Um, the story itself is a little. Uh, what's a good word for it? The. It's like the classic American dream thing where, like, he started from the bottom and he worked really hard to, to you know, get to where he is today. So maybe a little, like, corporate propaganda for Frito-Lay, almost. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, it was funny. It was goofy. The acting was pretty good. It was fine for what it was. I'd give it a 6.5. I find it kind of funny because I have never, ever heard about that movie whatsoever. Well, I mean, it just came out, and it was only on Hulu, so, you right. know, yeah. No big actors, I would say. It had a couple people you'd know in it, but not anybody mm. like Giant, so it probably wasn't really promoted. So I watched uh, a movie that I uh, was very much looking forward to seeing, uh, Ari Aster's new movie, uh, Bao ba is Afraid, or Boo, Bao, Bao, yeah. Bo. With... Uh, Bo? Yeah, it's like B.O., uh, but EU. it's like a, the French EU. Bo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and a lot of other people. Nathan Lane was in this, and I was like, what? Is that Nathan Lane? Um, so, I think, personally, it is very much a challenging movie. I think you will either love this or fucking hate it atrociously. I think it is very one of the most Ari Aster movies I have ever seen. Uh, I kind of want to ask you, uh, did you uh, like Midsummer? Uh, I was fine with it. I mean, it was weird, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is even more... <laughs> of that it's it's like because i and i think hereditary is is uh like I, I i still think probably that's his uh best movie i think i think midsummer is okay ish 
there are some concepts that are are very good in Midsummer, but I think I, I like me personally. I think it's a bit slow, and uh, yeah, I think it's very good at the ending, but uh, I think Hereditary is better. Uh, when it comes to this, I I think it's kind of in the middle for me. Uh, even though I, especially because I have so such a high esteem for hereditary i i i um i still think this is one of his better movies but i do think that it is a movie that you like i said you're either going to love or totally going to like hate atrociously there is a lot of like freudian things in it uh there are some exorcist demons things and it's a very A24 movie. Uh, I have never seen an A24 movie that I like didn't at least have some respect for or, or liked on on some level. Uh, but I think a lot of people could be turned off on the cruelty in this movie. I also think like uh, the epithetic uh, nature of both like misadventures are kind of like uh, people will think it's kind of like a distraction and it's a very metaphoric movie so if you kind of like don't go in with this thinking you have to like kind of get something out of it it could feel a little um, uh, what's the word I'm lo looking for um, yeah, a little bit weird and a little, like, over the top. But I really, really loved it, and I think it's one of the better movies I watched this year. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, but I, I, I love Hereditary a tiny bit more. What's it about? Uh, so it's, it's about him losing his mother... And uh, then he goes into uh, like uh, trying to confront his affairs, and also like uh, it's a very like Kafa esque Odyssey back back to his home home place. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. but it's 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 kind of hard to say what it's really about without. No, like, you just said play. it. You said what it was about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was my number one movie to see this year. So uh, once it's more cheaply available. Oh, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> I saw Renfield. You saw this already, right? Mm-hmm. And it's on Peacock now, at least in America. It was fine. It's funny, but I was expecting a little more out of it, I think. Uh, mm. The acting's a little cheesy. I, like, the main characters are fine, but a lot of the side actors, it's, like, very hit or miss. Uh, the storyline is a little... I don't know... You ever read that book, uh, The True Story of the Three Little Pigs? I have, yeah. It's basically that, where he... Uh, it's telling the story of Dracula, but from Renfield's side, where in that book, mm -hmm. it's be it's the Three Little Pigs story being told by the wolf, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it, it's, it, it's interesting in that way, but at the same time, I feel like it's trying too hard to, like play with those tropes in a certain way that um because it's all surrounding him and 
it's like he's in a he's being counseled in a relationship counseling group that he mm. and his relationship is with Dracula and so it's all of this kind of like uh what's the word for it psychological uh or yeah uh psychological he's he's like in a, a psychiatric that's what I should say it's like playing with psychiatric uh themes to define the relationship between Dracula and Renfield. And that feels a little heavy-handed, right. maybe, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, that's the most I could say of how I felt about it. It's still fun. Still an enjoyable film. Very funny. Uh, obviously, uh, the, the main actors are really good. Um, but I would say I'd give it a... Uh, it's probably an 8. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse this week. That uh, didn't go, because guess what? I got sick. Uh, so, instead of that, I went back home, and I found a pirated version of Fast and Furious 10. I think it's called <laughs> X. But X. yeah, 10. Oh, yeah. Uh, and watch that because I was like, okay, why, why the fuck not? Um, I guess I can tell you why not. It's uh, a moronic uh, Fast and Furious song. Um, have you ever heard the song 99 Bottles of Beer on the Wall? Sure. Yeah, I think everybody's heard that. Right. Uh, you know what happens when you come to the end of that song? You start it over, right? Yeah. Or, unless yeah. you're smart, uh, but yeah. <laughs> it feels like that. What, compared uh, to the other movies? Like, it's the next verse of 99 Bottles, is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Uh, it feels like it's... Uh, uh, and also... I don't know how this is possible, but I got in, in, into this thinking this would be a shit movie and got a tiny bit disappointed. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but it feels very much like a, a, a movie that's like, oh, uh, we are planning something very, very big in the next movie. Because for people that don't know, Fast 11 is supposed to be the last movie. Oh, I and thought this was supposed to be the last... Why would they no, make... No, 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 no. Why wouldn't they make 10 the last movie? Isn't that more like even number? Whatever. I know. <laughs> Fucking atrocious. So, the whole whole this felt like a, like a foreplay to that movie. Right. Uh, and it's like, I don't really need that. I, 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 I kind of like, I want... I want my Fast and Furious to be stupid and done with it. I don't want to, like, go out of the cinema or out of my TV and go like, oh, okay, this was an installment in. You want to see them right off into the sunset at the end and right. then do that? Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, what the fuck can I say about a, a movie franchise this fucking... Out of this world. Uh, it's it's a boring Fast and Furious movie. I give it a five point five. I think, yeah. 
Okay, I saw Pinball, the man who saved the game. It's ah. a pretty indie film, I think, because you don't see a lot of... Uh, you didn't see a lot of, like, advertisement for it. I would say it's decent. Uh, the things that hinder it are probably... Like, the acting's good. The story is... It's based on a true story about a guy who... F- uh, fought against the New York, uh, against New York City, where at the time pinball was illegal. In real life, mm. pinball was illegal because they considered it gambling. Um, and they were said it was, you got to protect the kids, and kids want to play this, and it's gambling, even though it's pinball. I don't know how that's gambling exactly. But they right. defined it as that because it was just like a lot of, like, slot machines. They were like, this is just like a slot machine, basically. Uh, and it was that was how it was in a lot of states. And this guy uh, fought against the new against New York City with uh, the help of a bunch of other people, obviously. And this is a tr- all true story, mm. and it's told by the actual guy. So there's an interview happening with him, uh, a real interview, and then it's told narratively uh, as he's telling the story, right? Um, so mm. in that way, it's edited together really interestingly. He even kind of like interjects himself in the scene so like he'll be sitting at the table next to them while the scene's going on it's super interesting in that way <laughs> uh so editing wise uh, storyline wise acting wise really good costume design however uh this guy had a crazy mustache in real life they show pictures at the end of the movie then he had like a really crazy giant mustache they picked this the worst fakest looking mustache they could for this guy I think it was because they wanted you to be able to see his mouth move when he's talking, right? But it's like looks like they just put like this weird thin piece of like uh eye, like a giant eyelash over his at the top of his mouth. It looks completely ridiculous. So distracting mm. the entire movie. Uh and a lot of the set design just kind of looks uh cheap, I guess, to make it look like the 70s, like I don't know how to describe it other than that. Everything else was really, really good. So I'm, I'd give it a, a... I'm going to put it right in the middle at a five. Yeah. Mm. I would say definitely What's worth checking it? out uh, for people who mm. can see those kind of things in film. Anybody else is not going to be entertaining, maybe. Yeah, Trev said it was a very good concept, uh, not uh, as good a movie. Do you kind of agree? Uh... No, I think the way, like, the the part where they have him talking and telling the story, and then he's actually sitting there in the scene, the movie scene, telling the story as you're seeing it happen, mm-hmm. is so interesting, and so, I, I've, I've probably seen it, but not in the way they do it in this movie, so I would say this movie's somewhat innovative, like, uh, on a stylistic points, so I would say it was definitely worth making, I just think that it's uh, it's not going to be entertaining for a lot of people unless you're either, one, interested in pinball, or two, interested in just uh, interesting film styles, right? Yeah. Mm. I mean, it has really good scores, like, critically, but peop- yeah. uh, regular people don't seem to like it. So I think that's... you mm. got to go in with that mindset. Is like, it's kind of a critical uh, darling more than anything. Darling, yeah. 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 I mean, it says ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, right? But then, what's the audience score? That's a good way to kind of like mm. uh, make that distinction. Oh, it's got a ninety five percent audience score too. So I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's just two. 
No, it's the definitely the cost. Oh, it's got <laughs> seven out of ten on IMDb. But yeah, it's okay. there's certain things about the set and costume design. Like I said, it's totally worth checking out. I would recommend you watch it. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. It's just like uh, yeah. Once you see the mustache, it's just like the worst fake mustache you've ever seen. I'm I'm telling you, you'll see. Oh it. no. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about, uh, according to Disney, a racist movie. No. According to China. (laughs) Well, according to China, yes. Uh, The poor performance of Disney's Little Mermaid at the Chinese box office has reopened questions that Hollywood's increasingly... Increasing difficulties in the world's second largest economy and the role racism has played in the film's reception... The live-action remake has grossed $3.6 million since its release in Chinese cinemas. Uh, Some have blamed the flop of racially char- as racially charged backlash in the West following the announcement that Bailey, an African-American actor, would take the lead role. The Chinese state tabloid Global Times, known for fanning the flames of Western culture war, uh, published an article accusing Disney of forced inclusion of minorities and lazily... Lazy and irresponsible storytelling. Okay, so mm. uh, that's what they're blaming. Like the, they're saying that the that Chinese media is spreading this. Is that what I'm to understand? Right. Uh, it says many people feel Chinese audiences are too resistant to black characters. A Hong Kong-born Nigerian-trained lawyer, Mur Janan, said she was used to the ex- experiencing racism in her home city. Okay. Yet. Yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, I, I don't know if that's... I mean, I'd have to see some more data on, like, who's watching Little Mermaid and who's not watching Little Mermaid, specifically in China, mm. like, the breakdown of who these people are, which I don't know if that's information they can get. Actually, it's China. They probably already have that information. Um, right. But I... I it, I the thing about China is it's been blocked off from the rest of the world for so long and it's just like they right. that's what I'm thinking as well right they just don't uh, know how to feel about those kind of things yet because but you know yeah. that is I guess racism by definition right so it's like a weird yeah. kind of like middle space to me where like I don't think it necess- it could be, but like I said, we'd have to see a better breakdown of who's actually watching and who's not choosing not to watch. Right. Talking about middle space, let's talk about outer space because Leprechaun in Outer Space was the best Leprechaun movie. Fight me about it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's a <coughs> Leprechaun movie that is at works at Lionsgate. I'm super excited for this. Uh, Le- Leprechaun in the Hood was actually the best Leprechaun movie, so I will fight you nope. about that. Um, nope. Lionsgate is gearing up for a new uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Leprechaun, its long- longest-running franchise in Lionsgate's history. I didn't know that. That's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. We'll get All a fresh right. start as the studio reimagines the horror film. Uh, Philippe Vagaris, uh, an award-winning filmmaker of Milk Teeth, will direct a new feature... That has a script by mm. Mike Van Wess, uh, who's worked on l- the live-action Lilo and Stitch movie that's currently in production. I was like, there's what? Okay, that's in production, okay. Oh, yeah, in production, yeah. Uh, Leprechaun... But Milk Teeth, holy fuck, if you have not seen Milk Teeth, you should. 
The name sounds familiar, but I don't know if I did or not. So good. Uh, yeah. Leprechaun hailed for its low-budget horror entertainment, uh, whose first movie was in 1993, starring Warwick Davis, starring the shoe-shining, gold-protecting, vengeance-dispensing leprechaun. I always liked them because they're just cheesy and funny. Like, Leprechaun is not supposed so to be taken fun. seriously. It's like a comedy yeah. horror movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like every Leprechaun movie but the last because the last was terrible. I don't. Which one was the last well, one? It, it was probably just uh, called like I Leprechaun. I think it was called Leprechaun. Right. Okay. Yeah. Came out some years ago. It was terrible, and it was like there, then trying to to remake it uh, again. I think it was like late. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I think it was like in two thousand somewhere. Okay, was it like a remake of the original kind of thing? Uh, no, it was totally like totally different. New one. Okay. Yeah, it was just incredibly bad. I remember, like, there was when I was a kid. I don't know why this was, but some channel uh, was running a whole uh, marathon. It was either HBO, Showtime, or one of those movie channels. Uh, of those, and I watched all of them in like a few days with a friend of mine. I remember mm. like it was probably one of the first m movie marathons I ever had in my entire life now that I think about it. Yeah, and it's also like, like I said, it's it, it they are very like uh, non nonsensical, just stupid movies where you just like turn off your brain and just be entertained. Yeah, I feel like if we w go back to some of the original ones, there's some, probably some really offensive shit in the, in those ones. Oh, probably. By today's standards, uh, at least. Hollywood uh, Foreign Press uh, Association is shuttered. Because guess what? They sold themselves out. More or less literally. It's Yeah, it says uh, it, it becomes a commercial enterprise. Uh Behind the annual, they're in there behind the annual Golden Globes, Golden Globe Awards. Per Monday's announcement, the new owners mm -hmm. have acquired all the Golden Globe assets, rights, properties uh, from them via a newly formed global Golden Globe Foundation, which will continue the legacy and history of entertainment-related chari charitable giving, as well as planned host and production of the Golden Globes. So. Basically, what's happening is the Golden Globes is being taken over by a company instead of, like, a group. Uh, which means more ads whenever we're watching it. It means uh, they can probably affect, uh, you know, me. do you think they're going to be able to affect the outcome at all? Uh, probably, yeah. I, I would think so, yeah. Uh, but they have said that uh, this year's will probably be the last. So... That's interesting, I guess. It says Golden Globes themselves, however, will live on via Dick Clark Productions and Todd Bogley Eldridge. Right. Dick Clark Productions uh, is a is the parent company is Penske Media. Uh, so who who what are they? What are they like? Uh, Co-owners of it. You know what Known I'm saying? It's an American digital publishing and information service. This is what I'm saying. Like, if they own a specific, like, streaming service, can they, yeah. uh, you know, 
skew the results to to give better uh, to give awards to their shows. That seems not great, mm. but it, maybe maybe it won't happen. Uh, I found out about uh, the latest Leprechaun. It was called Leprechaun Origins, and guess what? It had Hornswoggle in the main role. Leprechaun. It was was it yeah. WWE production? I bet it was. I uh, am assuming so. It was from 2014. Uh, it has a whooping 3.2 out of 10 on IMDb. So I don't remember if I saw really that or not. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I might have skipped that one, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> you should actually watch it, because it's that atrociously bad. Uh, but yeah, it is it is so weird, because it's like... Uh, 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 Warwick is not dead. Uh, but he was like... He wasn't even like asked to be in that movie. As a cameo or anything. Oh, it but had to have been WWE about... then. Remember when they were making... That yeah. was around the time they were making a bunch of movies. So I bet you anything, they, they bought the rights. 2014? And... Yeah. 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 Yeah, no. Uh, I do... Uh, but I do uh, remember... Uh, uh, there was a very, very good quote from a girl named Sophie in the movie that says, Fuck you, Lucky Charms. That was funny. That's so clever in a Leprechaun movie. <laughs> Never, not before. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about another Leprechaun movie. 97 minutes? Is that about how long a Leprechaun lives? Uh, I don't think so. But let's watch the trailer. I hope this is not like a 97 minutes long trailer. That would be funny if they made the film itself exactly 97 minutes long. 97 minutes, yeah. I'm assuming that it is. It has to be. Hey, didn't he kill someone? <laughs> there's rumor, there's an article today that came out that, uh... Uh, Alyssa Hutchins, the gun coordinator on set for that, uh, mm. was hung over, supposedly. That's what the new mm. thing coming out. But yes, that's Alec Baldwin. I wonder who leaked that. <coughs> cough, cough. I didn't read the article, Holy I just read the headline fuck. when I was on the toilet. Can I just say that this looks a tiny bit generic? Is it Con Air at all? Because it looks like Con Air. No. No, definitely not Con Air. What makes you think it's Con Air, Look, That it's exactly like Con Air? If there were snakes, it'd be like snake. Oh my god, there is a bomb. This is Con Air. <laughs> this is Con Air. This is Con Air. A worse version of Con Air. I love Con Air. There's some really good iconic scenes in that movie. Like it's, oh, it is very slept on. People forget like the amazing oh, cast of so characters: Ma uh, John oh. Malkovich and Steve Buscemi, and yeah, fucking amazing. Nicholas Cage in that movie, so good. Yeah, he's kind yeah, of just thrown um, in there with like all these other good actors. But yes, <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I would rather watch that than, again than this Oscar-nominated movie. 97 minutes? Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. What is it about? Uh, a hijacked 767 will crash in just 97 minutes when the fuel runs out again. So it's like speed mixed with Conair. Against the strong will of the NSA deputy to to 
Toyin, NSA Director Hawkins prepares to have the plane shot down before it does any catastrophic damage on the ground, leaving the fate of innocent passengers in the hands of Alex, an undercover Interpol agent who has been, an who has been embedded in the terrorist cell. Oh my god, that is so confusing. That's the most confusing. Mm. Uh, 3.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 3 out of 10 Ooh. on Blu-ray.com, uh, <laughs> 3.5 out of 5 on Movie Insider... <laughs> 39% of Google users liked it. I'm not seeing any Rotten Tomatoes yet. I, yeah, are Blu-rays even relevant to today? Aren't, isn't that like even like a failed technology at this point? Oh, God. Yeah, it doesn't have a tomato uh, score, but it has a, tw a whopping 21 audience score. So yeah, it's only been scored sense. one time in by any critics, yeah. so I don't think anybody is really watching this film. Uh, uh, yeah, I have two reviews that uh, uh, are very very funny. Uh, one, uh, well, both are extremely short. Uh, Lula K gave it one star and says this movie doesn't even deserve one star. Waste of my time, I can't get back. So that sounds amazing. Uh, Lars K uh, gives it half a star. Something that I is, think is kind of funny because, like, uh, uh, Lula was complaining that she couldn't give it uh, less than one star, and he gave it half a star. <laughs> Uh, he says, a decent cast, Baldwin calls his role in, with a script I was assuming was written after the writer's target. Except not. No excuses then. Uh, thought there was a sexy IT nerd. So that was what he was thinking of when he was watching this amazing movie. I have a feeling this is one of those movies that just supposed to end up on like a streaming service. There's no other reason for it to exist. <laughs> yes. Uh, at the IMDb, I might as well do it. This is like the best one I could find, which is a six out of ten on the whole thing. Ooh. So, and it's from Frank Lisenborg ten. Mediocre at best, 97 minutes falls short of expectation, lacking a certain element that would have elevated it. Uh, the hijacking of a plane and tension surrounding the possibility of being shot down by fighter jets add some suspense to the story. However, despite the slight twist towards the end, the overall outcome becomes predictable. While there are certain worse movies out there, if you have other options, it might we might be worth considering those instead. Uh, and that's the best review I can see out there, because I got another one of 1 out of 10 from Simbierix11. Absolute waste of time. Seems like a high school project, not worth the time, bad acting, matched with wow. low-quality CGI, disappointing to see Hollywood heavy hitter Alec Baldwin participating in such a low-quality production. What I don't understand is why so many people would try and be part of something that requires so much time and logistics to put together, uh, but put so m much less effort into making it work. Uh, right, yeah. Mm. I think the answer is money, yeah. my guy. Yeah. Can I say that the most disappointing thing about this movie is that it's not 97 minutes long? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm most angry about. Okay. Uh, coming on. Well, maybe uh, minus the week. credits, it's 97 <laughs> minutes long? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, also com coming out, uh, the angry black girl and her monster. Um, Victra is a brilliant teenager who believes death is a disease that can be cured. 
After the brutal murder of her brother, she embarks on a dangerous journey to bring him back to life. <coughs> Sorry about that. <clears throat> uh, it doesn't have anyone that... Oh, Denzel Whittaker? Uh, yeah, he's pretty famous. Um, but it has a 6.9 out of 10. Nice. 87% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 61% uh, on Fandango, and 83% of Google users like this horror movie. I am very, very interested in saying this. Mending the line. Returning to the United States, a wounded veteran develops a friendship with a headstrong fly fisherman and a talented pho photographer turned librarian. Uh, 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, 96% of Google users liked it. It's got Patricia Heaton, Brian Cox, and Perry Matfield, uh, who is the girl from, what do you call it, uh, Into the Dark. Love that fucking show. I've never seen her in a movie, so now I'm kind of, and Brian Cox is always good, uh, so. Yeah. I don't like the uh, description, but everything else seems pretty good. Mm. Persian lessons. Uh, Jules, a young Jewish man in a concentration camp, was his uh, uh, has his life life. Gosh, let's try that again. <laughs> Me can't read. I'm a little bit sick, people. Uh, Giles, a young Jewish man in the concentration camp, has his life saved when his ex executioner realizes his, uh, his... Okay, I give up. Can you read that? <laughs> okay, uh, let me get there. Uh, a, young, a young Jewish man in a concentration camp has his life saved when his executioner realizes he owns a Persian book. Bought before... Uh, brought before a camp officer who wants to learn... Uh, Farsi, he agrees to teach him despite not knowing a word of the language. 7.4 out of 10 on 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% of Google users liked it. Starring Lars Eldinger and Nahul Perez Bisca Art. That is, I've never seen. That is a name. Yeah, uh, it's a few names. Uh, Americ... Americant? Yeah, Americant. Filmmaker Sean Cleffrey examines incoming quality in America and the, the, its dispelling effects on workers and family. Uh, 7.2 out of 10 and 83% on Rotten Tomatoes and this is, of course, a documentary. Uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts Optimus Prime and the Autobots mm. take on their biggest challenge yet when a new threat capable of destroying the entire planet emerges. Isn't that every Transformer movie? Uh, <laughs> they must team up yes. with, <laughs> with the powerful faction of Transformers known as the Maximals to save the Earth. 6.6 <clears throat> 6 out of 10 on IMDb, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, 94% of Google users liked it. Mm. It's got Michelle Yeoh, Pete Davidson, Ron Perlman... Yeah. And Liza Koshy. Yeah, I I have to say I'm going to give this uh, the, the very doubtful. Like I'm probably going to watch it because the last one was very very good. Uh, but yeah, we will see. The trailer looks super over the top. The uh, 
computer graphics look really good in it, at least. But, you know, it's a trailer. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know I if think, I will I think, see it or not, but it's just kind yeah. of one of those ones that I... I don't care that much to see it, but I'd watch it. It's on the on the fence for me. Yeah, like I said, I think I probably would not have given it a, a blink if it, if the last one wasn't really, really good. Bumblebee is very underrated. I think, uh, I think it's really good, and it's such a weird movie to say that about. Okay, well, Even is that the one you want to see the movie. most, though, out of all these movies? No, I want to see Dan Grubeck go and her monsters. That is probably the one I want to see the most. I want to see Americond, the uh, documentary there. Mm, documentary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that 97 minutes is probably the least. It's actually probably under Transformers and everything else on this list. I'd watch it just for giggles. It's a movie that once it's out yeah, for free, we, me and you can yeah. watch together and just laugh at. So there's that. Mm. Coming next week, yeah. uh, News of the Week, TV and Movies of the Week, based on a True Story mm -hmm. Episode 2. Excited for that. Another digital yeah. review of Asteroid City, which I think was on your list mm -hmm. of movies to see, right? Yep. I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, interesting. Is that the one with Tom Hanks or no? I think it is. Uh, Tom Hanks? Or am I thinking of another Asteroid City? I think it's the one with Tom Hanks. Let me look it up. Yeah, it's okay. got Tom Hanks in it. Oh, cool. Yeah, the the only thing I know is the, the director. I love the director. It's got Maya Hawke, Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Margot Robbie, yeah. Sophia Littles. A lot of good people. Yeah, it's uh, stacked. Um... When well, I saw the trailer, stacked, so. oh, it's got Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Rita Wilson. Mm -hmm. This yeah. can't be real. William Defoe, Jeff Goldblum. Mm -hmm. It's got like Bill Murray, yeah. Brian Cranston. Oh my gosh! Sometimes I don't believe like Google because they have no, gotten it wrong in the it's, past. It's true, uh, but it, it is. It is always like that. Like Wes Anderson always gets like. A cast that is like over the top good. Yeah, that's what it's not always that it's it's good, but it's always a very like Wes Anderson movie. I mean, like every everyone, like the Royal Tenderbounds, for example. Like, have you ever looked at the cast for that? Oh yeah, like, you know, Gene I'm. Hack. It's like fucking atrociously that, long. That's what I was saying. It's. <laughs> Google yeah. gets this wrong all the time, so I don't always. That's what I'm saying. I don't always trust it. Right. Uh, this this one, yeah, you have. I trust it more, but like uh, sometimes mm. it it'll even get wrong. Movies like this wrong. Um, yeah, it looks really good though. Yeah, it's a Wes Anderson movie. I am definitely going to see it. So anyway, uh, let's talk about some uh, YouTube stuff and uh, things like that. Before we go out, because I want to sleep, because I'm sick. Uh, Jeremy Rant, it, it is called, I think. Uh, yeah, Maybe. we got a thing here. This person, uh, they lost control of their Amazon Alexa. I'm just going to kind of break this down because it's a pretty long article. But mm -hmm. they lost control of their Amazon Alexa. This is like the simple mm -hmm. thing. Their whole house was Alexa'd out, right? Like everything was controlled by Alexa. So... 
they basically lost control of everything in their entire house for a, a weekend, I think it was, because uh, the offices were closed, so they couldn't, like, uh, get in touch with anybody. That's basically what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think about this? It is very, very interesting because of the reasons <laughs> he was given. Yeah, he was racist. Well, he said something that it heard. Is that what it was? Or no? Oh, it mm -hmm. auto-generated something. Uh, that's what I remember. Um, yeah. And he, and they didn't like it, so they shut down his opportunity to access the, the system. I, I, it is so convoluted. Uh, you can go and and read about it on medium.com, but it's fucking interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's written by the guy. It's an article written by the guy who actually it happened to. So that's even more interesting because it's like firsthand stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see what else happened this week in the internet. That's kind of what the Jeremy round is. It's like the the, time, the internet uh, round. We the should... internet and news that we haven't had in the, some of the rounds. I think the most interesting thing that you have not put in here is the Gladiator Two stun. Uh, accident that uh, had a lot of their crew members hurt because like people were like comparing it to rust uh, and uh, I was like no someone got killed in rust. right yeah that's what I was thinking it's like uh, people get hurt yeah. on movies all the time that's like not yeah. unusual whatsoever <laughs> uh, it was a lot of people like, in this case but like um, Six people, yeah. Yeah, people getting hurt Four. on movie sets, especially action movies and things like that, is like yeah. par for the course almost. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it was kind of a weird. Uh, it was a planned stunt sequence, and uh, a lot of uh, crew members got uh, uh, non-life-threatening injuries. But, uh, like, people comparing it to the Rust thing was kind of, like, over the top. Uh, it... Uh, wasn't... Do you remember the rumor... At least this was a rumor when I was a kid that... I think it was Spartacus. That, like, there was a guy who died on... Like, on set, and they filmed it and then yes. left it in. Yes. I remember... That was such a rumor when I was a kid. I don't... It, it's not real, right? I, I'm pretty sure I found out no, it wasn't real. It's, yeah. it's a little like uh, the blonde... The, sorry, the Bond girl that died because she was killed because she was painted in gold. Oh, I remember that one too. That is a good one, yeah. yeah. Or the kid... That the guy who hung a, himself uh, on uh, Wizard of Oz. And it was... It's like... The there's Wizard a, of Oz, yeah. Yeah, those are all like kind of weird That's rumor ones. One. But they're all like... The, th the weird part is they're all kind of somewhat based in truth because someone on yeah. all those things actually did die. And then it's like the, mm -hmm. you know, uh, telephone game. Yeah. Uh, what else happened? Uh, oh, remember we talked about Cornell West, the first thing we talked about on the show last week? I do remember that. He moved over to the Green Party this week. <laughs> he did. Yeah. He was like, uh, these guys don't have any ballot access. I'm not going to be able to do anything with this campaign yeah. on this weird third party. So, yeah, I mean, he's on a different third party now that actually has ballot access. I watched uh, the Xbox and the Starfield presentation. My hype for that fucking game is a little out of the con control. I feel the same hype for that game. Uh, I'm talking about Starfield. 
that I did for um, for uh, 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 gosh uh, uh, brain fart uh, mm, yes another game that we talked a lot about uh, and it wasn't that good okay and that's why I don't re- remember it uh, uh, that was set in in like dystopian future uh, cyber cyberpunk oh yeah cyberpunk sure yeah I remember that game or something like that yeah I was so excited and thought that would break uh, like uh, games in the future uh, I feel the same thing for <laughs> Uh, Starfield, my hype meter is extremely hot, and I'm a l- tiny bit worried because it is the company that also makes a lot of other shitty games. I don't trust Batista. Uh, Batista. <laughs> I'm sure I don't trust him either. But uh, yeah, I don't trust them at all. Uh, we can talk about two different weird kind of uh, changes to internet platforms. We had the Twitch policy change about ads. Oh my god. Which um, a lot of people are talking about a boycott. I don't think it's happened yet, but they're talking about boycotting next week or something. Because they changed Mm -hmm. policies of how creators can promote uh, can take... They didn't really change like the way that they can get ad revenue, but they changed the way that they can use those sponsorships on their stream. Uh, meaning what? they keep ad banners or like commercial, uh, like specifically if you were to do some kind of like event and in the background, if there was, um, promotions, it can only be so big on the screen and things like that. It's very, mm. uh, a lot of people are not very happy about it. And then the other one was Reddit blocked third party apps and now mm. a lot of Reddit pages are boycotting Reddit also. So we have multiple mm. I- internet boycotts happening this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm very happy because guess what? Uh, the new U- uh, UEFA Champions League uh, champions are uh, Manchester City. It's the first time uh, they get uh, the treble. Uh, and getting the treble is like winning the cup, winning uh, their main uh, like championship in their their division, and also winning the like I said the championship. Uh, it's it was very I was extremely happy about it. Speaking of being extremely happy, two uh, two people, probably some of the worst people ever, Pat Robertson and uh, Ted Kaczynski. Both passed away this year. Yeah, this both dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both very sad about that. Very, very, very both dead. Uh, yes, very sad about both of them on <laughs> so many levels. Right. Yeah, we don't usually mm-hmm. mention those things, but these are some of the worst people ever. So, uh, what else? I guess the, who was worst? <laughs> who was worst? Right. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Both extremely bad. Who did more one, damage one to society? Maybe yeah. Pat Robertson, to be honest. I totally agree with that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that's debatable. Anything else? I got one more thing. No. Uh, oh, original American Horror Story actors are uh, very, very high on uh, uh, Kardashian being in the new season. So, 
They're excited, I'm, you mean? I'm, or yeah, they are oh, super okay. excited. Yeah, and because they say she's a amazing actress, so right. Yeah, I don't believe that for one fucking single second. But uh, what, what you haven't it? seen? Disaster movie. It's such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> she was in that? She was like the main character in Disaster Movie. She was in it for... Was she? she? was like one of the main people in Disaster Movie. Yeah, because there was like a group of people and she was yeah. like one of the main group. She was in it for a while. Yeah, she didn't like die off in the very beginning or something. Yeah, but this was mm. before she was actually like really, you know, Kardashian famous. She was still not mm. that big when she made Disaster Movie. Yeah, but it's also said by Sacre Quento, and I kind of like I I I do respect him, so hmm, we'll see. If you t do enough takes, you can get good acting out of anybody. You know what I mean? It just takes yeah. a long time. Um, True. Yeah, I guess the last thing I had was: Do you know who Internet Ajay is? No. He was a YouTube commentator uh, who did a bunch of like uh, commentary on like other YouTuber, it was like a rise and fall kind of channel who he would like cover yeah. channels that got really, really big. And then all of a sudden disappeared like Belle Delphine. He did a, vi a really good video on her or uh, ice Poseidon. Okay. He was like one of the first people to like really cover the whole ice Poseidon drama. If you know who that is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He came out with a video this week, uh, a rise and fall video on himself. And then right at the very end, he quit YouTube. <laughs> which is re very cool. Oh, that's he, really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. and he, it was kind of emotional. He cried at the end and everything, but uh, he was like, I, I just need to focus on myself and work. Uh, I got a new job and all this stuff, so yeah. Uh, good luck to him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the, the most drama we had had uh, about the streamer lately is a terrible, terrible person. Uh, what? Uh, I know that your real name starts with a C or something. Is it Claire or something? I don't know who you're uh, talking about. She has this really name, weird name. Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, I think we are going to say goodbye because I am tired and my brain is not fucking working. And I'm sick and I want to go to sleep. Okay. Yeah, so from Norway, I am... Fro, I guess. Uh, from the U.S. I'm I'm sick. Oh wait, no, I'm not. I'm Luke. Bye, bye, everybody. Another di another digital another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. 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 Citizen.